previously on Film Code. The guys were unable to crack Nick's code word, putting them in the hole for another week. I am happy to inform one party that Nathan will not be extending his lead. He got the year correct. He did get the year correct, and at first I was a little bit nervous when he said the year, but the the two leads that were in iconic movies, um, I think everybody here would consider this an iconic movie. Charlize Theron was in Mad Max. That's an iconic 2010s movie. And uh, Mackenzie Davis, oh, your girl in uh, Not So Happiest Season, was in Blade Runner 2049. I would call that a iconic 2010s movie. Um, the director, Jason Rettman, was also the director of Juno, which got nominated for Best Picture. And the writer, Diablo Cody, was also a writer for Juno. And that movie is totally and that is the movie. <laughs> right. Will they have better luck this week as Nathan presents his new code word? My code word was Journey. It's a movie from 2000 to 2010. The lead is an iconic actor, and this is not an opinion. Everyone agrees that this person is iconic. Uh, my third clue was that two supporting cast members are both integral figures in the same movie franchise. And then as a bonus, because I felt like those might have been a little vague, um, clue number four was Family Guy. That's it. Plus, the guys review the brand new Netflix movie, Pieces of a Woman. And the guys discuss their best and worst theater experiences of all time. All that and more on this week's episode of Film Code. You are now listening Film Code. Start program. because we have our loaded episode today and we are joined by not one not two not three but four co-hosts this morning my name is phoenix cloudin and this uh great panel that we have here first off i want to kick it to my man nick spain nick how are you sir doing well super excited to be here this is like a mega episode um of, of film code we got everybody here Welcome back, Brandon, KJ. Super excited for KJ to be here. And of course, me, Nathan, and Phoenix are the regs. So yeah. happy to be back. <laughs> the regs. I love it. <laughs> and like Nick said, just welcome back once again, KJ, sir. How are you? Three weeks in a row. Happy to have you, man. Three weeks in a row. I absolutely love being here. So I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to be here. I'm really excited to get to talk another movie with you all. And Excited to see Brandon back, so. Yeah, hey, absolutely. And like you said, welcome back, Brandon. Brandon, how are you, man? I am good. How are you guys doing? It's good to be back. Um, I'm, I'm on a new microphone for now, but 
that's going to change in the next coming weeks. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be on talking with you guys. So it's good to be back. I'm really excited to see how everybody feels about this movie, especially our very own CEO of Hot Takes, Mr. Nathan Pig. Nathan, how are you, sir? I'm great, like everyone's already previously mentioned. Excited to see this expanded cast of Film Code all here for this mega event. And we couldn't have a bigger movie to talk about than what we're talking about now. You know, we didn't have this mega cast for Soul or for Trial of the Chicago 7 or for Tenant. We have it for Pieces of a Woman. So, you know, excited to hear everyone's take, excited to, to get talking about movies and just excited to see all my friends faces here so i'm well phoenix thanks for asking how are yeah. you pretty awesome actually very excited to talk about this movie uh this was uh the only like major... you love it, phoenix. oh you, you'll find out uh the only major release that dropped this week pieces of a woman on netflix i wanted to stay at home I wanted the baby to decide when she wanted to come. My daughter came into this world. For the time that she did. And I can't bring her back. Martha, is that you? How are you? In 60 to 70% of these cases, we rarely find a satisfactory explanation. There is something between Certain things medically we just don't have answers for. for your loss. Thank you. How is Martha? Martha's fine. She's always fine. Have you decided to go to the trial? That's the right thing to do, honey. Because you say it is. She has to pay for her incompetence. We need some justice here. No, you need... Why are you trying to disappear my kid? Because we don't have a kid. You have to face this. I am facing this. I am facing it! I am facing this! Who cares about what they think? This is about me. This is about my life. This is me. Uh, this originally premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival last, uh, I think, uh, early in 2020. Uh, was picked up by Netflix stars Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf. Also features Ellen Burstyn and, uh, I'm sorry, I should say Academy Award nominee Ellen Burstyn and uh, Jimmy Fails, who, who makes a random appearance in this this was great to see him so uh and i'm forgetting someone oh also eliza schlesinger i was like oh cool 
that was cool just to see a comedian in a dramatic role but uh real quick since there's so many of us let's do some real quick non-spoiler first impressions uh nick why don't you start first impressions of pieces of a woman oh great <laughs> uh i don't know if i uh took a nyquil or a like benadryl before i watched this but i this was a snooze fest and i didn't even take any sleeping pill or anything snooze fest um but we'll get into that that later all right brandon what about you man i'm kind of with nick on this one it was (laughs) a really really bad slow burner um like because i i just recently watched patterson like the day before and i enjoyed patterson i really enjoyed patterson i was talking to nathan awful I was talking to Nathan about it. He was like, yeah, man, if you liked Patterson, you might like this one. I'm like, all right, sweet. I was wrong. <laughs> Nathan was wrong. KJ, man, what, what were your first impressions? I mean, to be honest, it was it was something special. I most definitely enjoyed my time watching the movie. Um, I almost fell asleep a couple of times. <laughs> I'm just playing with y'all. Uh, yeah, I almost fell asleep. Um, you know, I always watch these movies late at night for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, started at about 2 a.m. And I believe I was almost asleep within that first 30 minutes. Um, so. 2 a.m. Yeah, you know, I start my stuff late. You know you know how I am, Nick. You know it. I was going to say, you're, you're going back to the, the yeah. night boy hours. Yeah, the night boy hours. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Brushing a bad your teeth, 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nathan, what about you, man? I was going to say, I wasn't sure when KJ watched it, but I knew that Brandon, Nick, and Phoenix and myself had all turned it on around the same time last night. <laughs> we could have watch partied it. Um, yeah. That, that would have made it more fun. Um, yeah, but really. looks like all five of us watch this late, late at night um, for just a story like this that all hurt us. I feel like, you know, if, if we would have watched this at noon or at 3 PM, maybe we would have had a small different viewing experience, but I think since we were all tired, that kind of played into it a little bit. Um, If you're catching my drift, this is a slow movie. Um, You have to be a hundred percent invested in the storyline and what's going on in the characters, in the situations, or else you're going to be bored out of your mind. And it sounds like some of us were. It sounds like some of us um, enjoyed certain aspects, which I'm excited to get into. But, um, yeah, that that's my initial thoughts. It's a heartbreaking story, and I'm going to say that several times because it's true. It's a heartbreaking story. It's a heartbreaking movie. But at the end of the day, I think it's overshadowed by its pacing, and it's just overall dull aspects. Okay. Um, yeah. I too didn't start this until about midnight. And uh, it was funny because like right when I pressed play, I looked at the uh, start, the runtime. I was like, oh God, it's two hours and six minutes. I was like, dude, there's no way I'm going to make it through this. And like, and like the first like five minutes, I'm just like, okay, set up your characters, set up everything. Yeah, let's go. And then 20 minutes in, I was like, okay, sweet. But then by the time it got to like the 40 minute mark, I was like, what is happening? Like, like, but overall, I enjoyed it. So I'm really interested to see what everyone's full thoughts are. So let's go ahead and break the seal right now. Uh, Nathan, why don't you kick us off? 
spoilers. You can go full spoiler uh, on pieces of a woman. Yeah, I, I think with a story like this, that's so driven by your two leads, first of all, you have to be interested in them. And I'm interested in their pain that they feel for losing their child. But I feel like the movie miscommunicated that. Instead, they made him very bitchy, especially uh, Vanessa Kirby's character. And then they made Shia LaBeouf's character a, a, a cheating partner because they weren't married. They used partner a few different times. They made him a cheater. So I can't like that. And I can't like, was it Marsha? I think that was her name. Martha. Martha, yes, thank you. Um, I couldn't like her either because she was just a huge bitch to everyone. <laughs> um, so you got two characters that... Are you okay over there? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> you got two characters that I don't enjoy watching. Um, I think they're both very obnoxious and jerks. And then not only that, it, the storyline just moves at an absolute snail's pace. Um, I did tell Brandon that this is like Patterson because they're very similar in the way that nothing's really going on in the story, right? Inside of Pieces of Woman, you have the big thing that comes 15 minutes in. And then after that, it's all reactionary things. You're watching them live their lives. And that's what Patterson is too. You're just watching people live their lives. So that's why I think they're very similar. Um, man, I, I have a lot of respect for the emotional moments, especially, you know, the scene, as well as the ending scene where she says and, and stands up for the lawyer. I think those two scenes are absolutely fantastic. But like I said a few minutes ago, overall, the snail's pace just kills it for me. And even if I did watch this at noon, I don't know if I would have been attentive even then. Yeah, I was going to say, Nathan and I, I think we started it around, what, like eight? Um, because there was playoff football on, and I was like, you know what? Like, the playoff football is is uh, my number one kind of concern today. Um, so I kind of watched this last minute. Nathan and I were literally at the same scene at the same time, which was which was hilarious. But um, yeah, I mean, like Patterson, I've seen Patterson as well, and I just do not like movies that don't have stories. Like if I wanted to to watch somebody's life, I could go out and find some rando and just like say, here, let me film your life, and then I'll make it into a movie. Like I just don't have any interest in watching just movies that just don't go anywhere and this just didn't go anywhere other than like those two scenes that Nathan talks about yeah Brandon see for me like I sat the whole thing but I realized at the end you could have watched all the way up until the baby's death scene and then immediately skip to the courtroom scene <laughs> that's it you can literally watch that movie and have a full grasp of what happened wow so I personally, I personally just, like, something about this movie just, like, didn't grasp me. Like, I was attentive. I wasn't really, I wasn't really falling asleep too much. But, like, I I, I lost focus on this movie quite a bit. Be, I, I, I think it's because of just how, how much of a slow burner it was. You know? Yeah. But, but here's my thing, right, be, before we get to, to KJ and Phoenix. Like, a slow burn normally means you're building up for something. Mm -hmm. um, the, but it never the, led to anywhere. 
Right, and, and we've all watched plenty of slow burners. 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Hateful Eight are two that immediately come to mind, where it just moves in an absolute snail's place in both those movies. Both those movies, I gave five stars. I know Nick is a huge fan of those movies. I know Phoenix, you're at least a huge fan of The Hateful Eight. Those, at least, you're watching nothing for two hours, but that final climax, that final top of the mountain, just blows you away. And you're like, yes, what I was watching and bored out of my mind for was worth it. (laughs) with this it was not worth it it was like we're building we're building we're building okay we're done like (laughs) okay it's kind of like when you're reading a book you know you read a good book that builds towards your climax you know our teachers always said the the climax you want to read page turners all that and you're getting to the good part of the book and then it just ends like someone ripped the pages out or there's a sequel book they want you to buy you're like, wait, what? It's it's over already? Yeah. What happened? What were we building for? KJ? Yeah, so um, I just remember the beginning of the movie watching for the first 30 minutes up until the title screen that came after 30 minutes, which made <laughs> little to no sense whatsoever. Um so I was already confused then. And after those 30 minutes and nothing was really happening besides like a little bit of character building, but that usually takes five to 10 minutes. So then another 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, what is going on? So I'm sitting over here with my friend watching a movie and I'm just trying to think of things like what could possibly happen? Okay, this midwife is gonna like try to steal this person's kids. She said that she had a daughter, but maybe she can't have kids. So she's going to steal this one. I'm just like coming up with all types of different things in my mind because nothing is happening. Hey, that, that would have been better. That, that would have been a good movie. That sounds sweet. That would have been a good movie. Sweet. Get KJ a screenwriting class right now. Not even Somebody class. Get him a script. Get him a pen. Get him some <laughs> some cash to get this on the ground. Let's I'm go. Telling you, somebody needs to yeah, sign. Yeah, really. Get him. Get him somebody to just transcribe his ideas into a screenplay. <laughs> Nothing is happening. What is going on? So then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make like a game out of this. Maybe these dates mean something. These dates have to mean something. So mm-hmm. I kept track of all the dates. I still remember all the dates to this day, uh, to right now. Added them up at the end of the movie, and it comes up to 97. I was like, okay, well that's nothing. So like, what what does 97 mean? You know, I'm just trying to make games out of it because I was so bored, <laughs> so bored. Yes, it is a powerful movie. Yes, there are powerful scenes, but man, for two hours and six minutes, I wish I could have at least an hour and 20 of them back. <laughs> also, I, I just want to touch on what, what KJ said too, is like, they set up this movie to where this midwife like failed at her job mm-hmm. and the mother's like you need to sue them like you need to press charges and it goes like into this whole criminal case but they never really did a good job at explaining why she screwed up like the baby just turned blue and then like they just cut like the ambulance got there cut like they never were like oh she did this when she could have done that like Unless I miss something, like, unless I miss something. I I completely agree with you. And there are people all over Letterboxd saying the same thing. Like, what exactly did she do wrong? They were like, I'm no midwife. I I am no expert in birth. Yeah, really. But at the same time, like, I think the movie could have communicated better 
how she mishandled this situation. Um, yeah. Phoenix, it sounds like or you're going to be... cut it completely. It sounds like you're going to be the most positive out of all of us. So um, <laughs> yeah, really. why don't you try to, try to sway us? Okay, so I want to pinpoint a few things that each of you talked about. So first, Nathan, you mentioned uh, the characters. And uh, I can't agree with you more on that. Uh, we, we get... We're thrust right into this tragedy that happens, right? And uh, and you know that's a strong place for your movie to start, no doubt about it. It's a very powerful scene. It's like a 22-minute one take, uh, so that's impressive. Uh, but immediately after that, we don't really know anything about these characters. Like we don't know why Vanessa Kirby's character Martha, why she pretty much regresses and, and and turns very outwardly towards everyone we because we don't really get a grasp of who she is or why she does what she does or says what she says so it pretty much just happens same with Shia's character you know it's it's we we don't know anything about this guy there's no there's no show me moment in this film where it's like oh, okay this is the type of person he is and this is why he would react this way so it pretty much just, um, yeah, that that's how it comes across is just this tragedy is what transforms these characters, but we don't know exactly where what they're transforming from. So it just feels like this is who they are. So that's that's one thing that I feel is, uh, is, is an issue. I definitely need to touch on what KJ said about the dates. Uh, yeah, I think... And this is the this is the one thing that uh, I enjoyed about it is uh, his daughter was supposed to be born by the time the bridge was built, and by the time the bridge was built, not only was his daughter dead, but they weren't together anymore. So that I think was the significance of the dates was basically to show how something started off really strong and then ended up broken, and then you have the uh symbolism of the bridge that started off broken that ended up being built so that's that's essentially what i think that metaphor was um what a crap way to, <laughs> to do exactly. a metaphor but that was such way. a crap way i i think all four of us when you said that we're like what wait what that's yeah. what happened yeah yeah that at least that's that was my takeaway from it um but yeah that's the only thing i could think of because like when he said like 97 days i was like yeah that has nothing to do <laughs> well i'm just thinking like okay if it's if it's built if it needed to be built by what was it april 3rd or whatever yeah. the last, the final date was right what does march 22nd what does february 5th what does <laughs> november 9th like what do all of those mean like they're just especially random since it's not like a biopic it's not telling right. like a true story like with zodiac they do like the dates because like each date like there's a significant event right these dates are just like it's, all right let's just look at a calendar yeah march 5th that's a good date. this is that. this is where i think it's exactly uh it's very similar to patterson this is exactly where i think those movies are comparable because these are two people that you want to see their life unfold after this event so the dates don't mean anything because you just want to see them live their lives. Like each day is a tragedy for them. Each day is some type of suffering for them. So 
I love that you wanted to play a game with the dates. I love that you wanted to do that. Um, But (laughs) I think it's us with I'm thinking of ending things. I think it's more so just showing you the date doesn't really matter. There's no significance to it. It's just this is what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The day in the life. Yeah, I I do want to touch on the cinematography. I do think that's the best thing about this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. You mentioned the one take. In the beginning, there's a couple other one takes, like when they are at their, I believe it's their mother's house. Yeah. And they're arguing with Benny Safdie, who's randomly in this movie. <laughs> yeah, forgot about that one. Benny um, Safdie's in here. When they're arguing with their friends, that's a one take as well. So the cinematography is, is wonderful. I'm not saying it's world class, like 1917 or anything like that, but it's solid. I also want to touch on something that is so little and by God, like, please don't roast us if you're watching this or if you're listening to this, excuse me. But I want to touch on that uh, scene in the beginning when she is still pregnant and he's talking about, tell me a joke, the broccoli, you know, when she's standing at the fridge, (laughs) all this is so minuscule. I promise every single light in their house is on (laughs) every single light in their house is on electricity. Yeah. So I don't, like, that's not a problem. That's not going to... Well, it is a problem. That's not going to detract my score from the film. I'm not going to say, oh, wow, that that devalues this movie. <laughs> it's just something that really bothered me. Every single... Especially because the shot is you can see long ways throughout their house. They have, like, six lamps on, four overlight heads. It's... Why do you need all those lights on? All of them are on. It was so weird. It was so weird to me. And maybe that's something with lighting. Maybe they were shooting this at night and they couldn't get it bright enough. But it really bothered me that every single light in their house was on. I I don't know. No Uh, one, no one has every single light in their house on, especially because this house had a lot of lights for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's my really random tirade. I can agree with Nathan on the cinematography. Um, Nathan can relate to this with me, but I have not. This year, let me let me look at my my list. Um, this year, I have not. I've seen one movie released in the two thousands, and that was animated. Um, so I am happy to like see present day filmmaking, and I think Nathan can can relate to that. See, I will say it's good to see Shia LaBeouf again in another film. Like I will say that I think that ha- I think that's something the film had going for it. But... Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let, let's get to these. Let's get to these actors because, I, like Shia LaBeouf, in my opinion, is one of the best actors working. I think he's fantastic. The problem is, I think in this movie, yeah, like at, in this movie at this point in time, he's dealing with uh, some personal issues. And uh, I think this character sort of resembled those personal issues. And I feel like if, if that story hadn't been out, uh, this would be a really noteworthy performance. I just think the, the, the highs and lows that he hits in this movie are tremendous. You know, he, he goes from the scene of trying to sleep with his wife or, or girlfriend or whatever to you know immediately crying at his uh job site you know what i'm saying it's just an incredible high and an incredible low right after each other it's really strong editing really strong performance in my opinion um the same with you know when he's trying to hassle benny benny safty about 
you know, selling the car and it's, you know, angry to like apologetic. And then, you know, the scene at the mom's house where he's like pretending not to know the lawyer that he slept with and, you know what I'm saying? Careening in and out of the conversations, just trying to be very, you know, casual and knowing exactly that, you know, he's doing dirt. So like, I thought it was a really nuanced performance, even though, you know, he's going through personal issues and Miss Vanessa Kirby, uh, what a talent. Like that first, those first 20 minutes, 20, that 22 minute, uh, you know, saying one shot is incredible. She's fantastic in that scene. I mean, and as someone who was, you know, who has seen birth up close, um, I felt her, I felt her, uh, you know, every push I was like, I was like screaming along with her. Cause I'm just like, I know what that looks like it's horrible i i i can only imagine i'm like i like shia i'm like he he played it tough because i'm like she was squeezing and biting me like you would have seen me go like ow like a few times like like that's why you never hold the the your the the woman giving birth that's why you never hold their hand because then you get your hand broken yeah that's like the number one rule of can we get an audio clip of Phoenix going? If she was biting me, I'd be like, "Ow!" Ow. <laughs> I want that. I want that five-second audio clip. <laughs> yeah, really. No, because I mean, that's, yeah, like, yeah. When when my wife, when my ex-wife was giving birth, she uh she was squeezing my hand, and I was like, it's like, "Ow, ow!" <laughs> like like ow. like really like ow. And I'm like, but, I'll just know if like that's hurting me, it's killing her. So I think Vanessa Kirby did fantastic in that scene. I, I do want to touch on a couple things. Um, this lighting thing bothered me so much that I queued up Netflix, <laughs> took a couple pictures, sent it to all of you um, for for context on this lights thing. Uh-huh. Um, but but that's not me being super nitpicky again. It's not going to affect the overall score. It just bothers me. You that better every write that light. in your okay. letterbox review. Okay, so on a visual storytelling standpoint on this, I will say – they did a good job of having all the lights on, meaning, like, life is bright. They're about to deliver their next kid, their first kid. Everyone's happy. Oh, my God. And then, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw I that picture. That is a lot of lights. Fucking lights. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't get why all the lights are on. I am not blowing this out of proportion. There's, um, like, ten lights on. That's hilarious. Can we also talk about how many lights they have in their house? Like, <laughs> we got one, we got two... They have three. They have, they don't, four, they have lights five. that aren't even on their ceiling. They have <laughs> lights that are already even on their ceiling. It's like on the wall. Right. I do want to. I do. I do want to touch on going back to the non-lights thing. Um, you know, Vanessa Kirby inside of this movie. Um, in that first fifteen minutes when she is giving birth, I thought to myself, "This is it. It's her. It's Viola Davis. It's." Ooh. It's um, Frances McDormand for for Best Actress. This is it right here. This is the big trio. Maybe she will contend with Viola. Maybe she will. And then the rest of the movie doesn't give her that opportunity. You know, she is a she's a talented actress. She's on the rise. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say she's one of the best or anything because I simply think she's too young. She hasn't been in enough yet. But she's absolutely on the rise. Be prepared to see her in more things, and absolutely she should be in more things. But they didn't give her an opportunity in this to contend. And and coming in, we had heard that this could contend for best picture. I I there's no way it's gonna win. But it could get the nom. 
it um, Vanessa Kirby could absolutely get nominated. I still think she could, but they didn't give her any chance. And and I don't think that when it's in production, when they're writing, that's the goal. I don't think they're like our whole purpose of this is to get our lead a, a, an Oscar nom. But certainly, movies come in with the intention of getting nominated for certain things. Hillbilly Elegy, which I have not seen yet, but you all have, certainly does that. Um, and I feel like this movie almost is Oscar bait. Like they, in certain scenes, try for it. In certain scenes that don't fit, that where there's nothing going on, are trying to put it on a silver platter for the Academy. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that felt that way. But A, Vanessa Kirby might have gotten nominated. She still might, but has no chance to win. And I'm Gold Derby, she's third. See, and we just best actress. And we just, the movie itself is 28. That seems about four. Right. In between Working Man and Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Okay, now that seems wrong. I just, I don't think it's a strong year, particularly for Best Actress. You know, Viola Davis is fantastic and is great, and I'm sure Frances McDormand will be great too. But as far as depth, it's just not a solid year for it. Yeah, and I was going to say, we haven't seen Carrie Mulligan and Promising Young Woman. Oh, y'all haven't haven't, seen that. Oh, she's We haven't seen uh, Andra Day in U.S. versus Billie Holiday. So... And like I wouldn't, I wouldn't nominate anyone from Mank for for actress. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't nominate the girl from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. So you're wrong. I I don't. Well, so it's just it's just a weak like year. 10. It's just a weak year. So um, I don't know. Let, let's let's get back to talking about this movie. Well, um, my my thing with with Vanessa Kirby, right? And we we touched on this a little bit in the beginning. Is like when you have character movies that focus so much on characters you have to make them likable like that's number one i watched um one of the extra like tidbits on on soul on disney plus like they have the extras section Mm -hmm. and they were talk. they almost the first scene when when joe's doing the the conducting and being all inspirational and everything they almost had him like yelling at students and like being mad at his own life and like taking that out on his students and like that would have made him unlikable and that would have made like the rest of the movie weaker because of that and like I get what you're going through everybody handles it differently like I respect what they're going through but for a movie's sake I just don't think that you can do what you did you made her extremely unlikable and I mean maybe for people who've gone through this like you know they can see that in in Vanessa Kirby but for somebody who is just watching the movie to watch it like they made her and and even Shia extremely unlikable I think she avenges herself at the end but you have to watch the last two hours to finally get that I mean tell me I'm wrong Phoenix tell me I'm wrong well um two points so like uh i agree i think vanessa kirby will get nominated uh but ultimately i think she is being nominated for that scene that uh pregnancy scene uh there is not enough moments left in the movie well i mean i'm not saying that there aren't enough they didn't there 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 were opportunities that they they didn't put in the movie 
for her to really have you know any other i guess you could say for her to shine yeah for her to shine so she didn't have enough shining moments but uh she could 100 percent be nominated just for that scene um and and to nick's point yeah uh likability i don't i don't think is a is a terribly necessary factor in every movie um and i, and I can totally see why it doesn't fit here uh so yeah and like me personally i never felt like she was um she wasn't a character i could get behind i felt like her tragedy was warranted all of her behavior except for the fact back to the original point is that i don't know anything about this character to understand her um her anger and her her lashing out behavior because we didn't we just don't know enough about the person she was um one thing that i have to point out because i felt like this was the thing that i i just I, I was dominating the entire movie was the score unlike every scene like there are scenes where there's no dialogue it's just score there's like five or six scenes like this where it's just the music dominates the entire scene it's just a scenery shot you know, saying there's a shot at the end where she's running, and th nothing happens in that scene. She just runs. She looks towards the bridge, and that's the whole scene. But it's just all score, and that can work for some some time where you just have a few scenes where your score dominates. But this movie had like like eight scenes where nothing happens. It's just the score, and the score isn't that good. <laughs> like, like personally the score is not that good it's it's a weird score it's like hopeful and uplifting at very like depressing moments like, in the film like yeah it's very very light and playful where like you know these are moments where it's like uh, i don't know about that so like it's it's very score heavy and it's and it's oddly placed that was just one thing i, I felt i needed to point out yeah i i would love to to hear more from KJ and Brandon because we, you, me, and Nick have talked a lot. But before I throw it to those guys, you said that um, not every movie has to have likable characters. I totally agree. We're all big fans of Joker, 2019's Joker. That is a despicable character, <laughs> but we still like the movie. So I agree with you. But from the set, from the same standpoint, with what this movie specifically is going for. Your characters have to be likable because it's so slow. It's non-engaging. So when it's not engaging, we want to feel their situation. You know, none of us are ever going to experience um, a miscarriage from, from our own body, right? And hopefully we never experience what these characters experienced. Hopefully we don't. But we want to feel that in the characters. And instead of them pulling us in and making us really feel bad for them, like some other movies really do well, we kind of hated them. So they really struggled from that standpoint, in my mind. But um, KJ, let, let's hear some more of your thoughts. I just wanted to touch on my uh, my favorite scene of the whole movie real quick. Um, I actually sent it to you, Nathan. I don't know if you saw it yet or not. Um, it's when... Uh, Martha comes back from the party and uh, her partner is waiting for her and they have that little discussion about uh, cheating and lying and he throws yep that's the one right there and he throws 
the yoga ball at her face. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best scene. That was the only like light part that I was like, that's crazy. That's the only part I went back <laughs> and rewind and had to watch again. Um, I'm with KJ on this one. <laughs> that was just funny. Like it was just funny. I know it's a tough movie to watch and serious situation, but through all of that, that was that was very funny. Um, but yeah, mostly everything that was touched on and thing that I was gonna touch on, Phoenix just brought up was the score. Um, it was very confusing. <laughs> that, like, yes, they're going through their baby's death and they're having issues, and then it sounds like the music is playing and it sounds like like happy or playful or hopeful or whatever, and it just wasn't aligning with what was going on on screen. And I was just very, very confused. Um, the only place that I do think that it fit was maybe the end, because of course she was calling Luciana and that was her daughter. However she got her daughter, maybe adoption or another man or whatever might've happened. Um, at least there's hope in that and hoping for a better life. Um, but. The rest of the movie, I just, I just don't agree with their choice of score um, and what was going on on screen. I, I, I'm so mad that that was your favorite scene. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. That was such a terrible scene. It was funny. It's not the, it's not the other Shia LaBeouf scenes that we talked about off screen before we recorded. It's not that one. The two one. Yeah. The number. It's a close number two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, Brandon, what what are some more of your thoughts on this one? Man, um, I I'll have to give props to the courtroom scene. Everyone like brought their emotion to that scene, you know? There, there's not much I can really say about this film. But just like the courtroom scene is something that really stuck out to me, you know? I, I actually... Kate with the yoga ball. <laughs> I, I agree. I think that that courtroom scene is is genuinely strong. Um, but I don't, I don't feel like it's earned. And, and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because like Nathan said uh, in the beginning, like, or, or Nick may have said, but like, uh, there's a there's confusion as to what the midwife did wrong, and then it's it's not really shown, and everybody pushing her to to sue this woman. I was like, why? Why? You know, what I'm saying? like, yeah, really. Like, is there something? Is there something? Not only sue her, but like send her to jail. Yeah. I was just like, this seems seems very strange, uh, motivation wise. So again, like, the character building just wasn't strong enough, uh, and the uh, the motivations just didn't make sense. The score was out of place. That you know. So also, I, I'm not really sure, and I will admit right now that I am not sure how this works. So this is not a knock. This is me generally asking a question. Why did the midwife that is not the one that they requested show up? Because she was delivering another child, right? Yeah. yeah. Why are they yeah. why are they set so why are they set so like back to back? And listen, I understand that, that you can't like create an appointment to have your baby. <laughs> this is a natural thing that you don't plan for when exactly it's gonna happen. But it seemed so coincidental that the person that they wanted to deliver their baby was unavailable because she was delivering another baby and look i get it all like for I said, the story this is, like i said this is unplanned you can't create an appointment to have your baby 
but it seemed so coincidental. I think, yeah, I think I agree with Nick where it was, uh, it was, it was for the story. Like if you had, if you had had the, you know, I mean, I think you could have did it either way, either way. Like if you had your original midwife or you had a substitute, um, you still could have told this story, you know what I'm saying? The baby could have died either way. So, uh, I don't think it really mattered, but I think in order, and this may have been their decision in terms of, um, you know, pushing for a court case is simply because that midwife wasn't the one that they originally planned for. So that that's why, you know, she could be held uh, culpable. So I don't know, but we've been talking forever. So I want to get everyone's final scores. Uh, KJ, we'll start with you. Your final score on Pieces of a Woman. I am going to have to go with a two and a half. Um, I believe that it was a very heavy movie and I understand the reason why we might need a movie like this to be able to understand. I just think that it wasn't done um, in a very good manner, uh, whether that was the pacing of the movie, um, the score, the characters that, I mean, I didn't like as well as a lot of people on here didn't like, um, or at least how they were acting at that point in time. I think that it was a very powerful movie. I just don't think that it was uh, very well executed. So I'm going two and a half stars. Brandon, what about you? Okay, <coughs> sorry. The way I look at it, it's not as bad as I'm thinking of ending things, but it's oh also not as God. good as Billy Elegy. Oh so my God. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be in the middle of those two films and give it a two and a half. <laughs> Yikes. Like I said a couple weeks ago, you don't like I'm thinking of editing things because you don't understand it. It's just bad. That no, it's just a bad movie. It should have it should have remained a book. Should have stayed in book form. <laughs> Nick, man, what is what is your rating for pieces of a woman? Yeah, I'm at the to back up KJ here. It's, it's going to be two and a half for me. Um, there were a couple um, sun peaks through the cloud moments, like the courtroom scene, um, like the first 20 minutes. But I think in this movie, you need your characters to be likable. They weren't. It was just so slow. And it just didn't lead anywhere, which just isn't good for a movie in my opinion so it's gonna be two and a half all right uh i'll give mine because i want to know what nathan has last so uh all right um we'll see if phoenix and i can can get it yeah i think phoenix is wrong i I think i'm wrong too but that's okay (laughs) um yeah so i i i as much as i there's there's so many things that i liked and so many things that i did not like um so this movie meets me in the middle i'm going three stars i think you know vanessa kirby's great i think shia does a great job um but pacing wise editing wise story wise uh this is just it's not as strong as i had hoped um so yeah for me it's it's a solid offering but it's it's not that great of a movie if that makes sense so 
that said, Nathan, <laughs> sorry, the protagonist, could you please uh, <laughs> give us your rating? Well, I, I'm going to hit a lot of the same beats you said, Phoenix. I really enjoyed certain elements of this film. I kind of liked what they were going for, but at the same time, I don't really know what this movie wanted to say. It sounds like they wanted to say certain things about home birth, about birth in general, about partners having children. I felt like they had a lot of things they wanted to say metaphorically that they couldn't get across. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it's just too slow. It's too slow. They don't do a good job engaging the audience. And look, we all love slow movies. There's certain movies that we love that are extremely slow. So it's not that. It's just it wasn't engaging whatsoever. I couldn't sympathize with any of the characters because they turned into either cheaters or pieces of shit after what happened. Um, and outside of the tragedy and that courtroom scene at the end, everything else is is just a snooze fest, to be honest. So it's a two and a half for me. Um, it's <laughs> probably going to be right around where I put the boys in the band. Um, because at least that engaged me for somewhat of the film but nonetheless this was very disappointing it's got a relatively good score on letterbox and man just 20 we're in 2021 but 2020 keeps pooping out <laughs> awful disappointing movies yeah all right i'm surprised we all gave I'm, I'm surprised all of us except phoenix gave it a two and a half yeah that's that's almost unanimous great job uh i feel like i feel like we just have high standards <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on, guys, to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. AJ, sorry, not KJ, Brandon, what's been good for you this week? Um, well, so... Show-wise, I just recently binged Cobra Kai. That show is freaking awesome, so I'm highly going to recommend that show. And then I watched Patterson for the first time, starring Adam Driver. Um, two things came out of that film for me. One, I want Adam Driver as my bus driver. <laughs> and two, um, the color palettes used in that film were really well done. Um, I won't dip into too much spoilers, but um, there's some stuff that like, basically... Um, the, the wife, just throughout the entire film, wears, everything she does is in black and white. She wears black and white. She makes black and white cupcakes. <laughs> so the color palettes used are really well. Um, I, I'm not going to say much for why she wears black and white and stuff until, like, it, it's more of, like, a, just a visual storytelling. So I'd, I'd like, I, I recommend watching it. So definitely, so Cobra Kai and um, Patterson. Sweet. All right. Nick, what's good for you, man? I was gonna say I don't know if you can really spoil Patterson because nothing really happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, um, been on my Stanley Kubrick binge. Um, so really haven't watched anything under the radar or um, new or anything like that. But I'll go with a, a good old classic in Monsters Inc. Um, this is like, I, I saw somebody say this either on YouTube or TikTok or one of the two. 
Monsters Inc. is like Pixar before they hit puberty. <laughs> they like they get you know Finding Nemo. Um, I don't remember all the Pixar movies after that, but they hit like such a good stretch of Pixar movies. Um, so Monsters Inc. is is probably the funniest Pixar movie I've I've seen up to this date. Nice. All right. Um, my what's good this week? I'm going with a uh, a movie that I actually really enjoyed. It, it got a bad rep, but I really enjoyed it. Was a uh, Greenland starring uh, Gerard Butler. I actually really like this movie. I mean, disaster flicks are not my ish, but I think they did a really good job of building characters in this movie. And that was something that I really liked. Uh, I thought it had a really strong cast, Gerard Butler, Marina Baccarin. Uh, I think they did a great job. And I, and I thought the disaster in this story felt very realistic. So I'm going with Greenland. Uh, I saw it online, so I'm not sure where you can watch it, but definitely check it out that's my what's good nathan what about you i'm sorry i've got i've got my tv on here because it's it's playoff football and i see timothy oliphant narrating a a wild card weekend nfl playoff commercial i just think that's so weird like i like timothy oliphant but that's just a, a weird combination for for me that's that's odd anyway um it threw me off my game I'm going to go with a movie that we've definitely talked about a little bit on this show, a 2019 that is flying under the radar. Got the opportunity to watch it, rewatch it, gift. rewatch it this week <laughs> with my family. And that's Dark Waters from 2019. Um, you know, Is that that Mark Ruffalo film? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Nick and I were men possessed when it came to this movie. I think we're the only people talking about it. When we went to go see it, we were the youngest people in our theater by 40 years, and that is not a joke. <laughs> that is not a joke. That is serious. Um, so I got the opportunity to rewatch it with my girlfriend and my parents. They all loved it. This is a huge under-the-radar movie in 2019 where we got so many great movies. 1917, Joker, Little Women, Ford v. Ferrari, Jojo Rabbit. This is flying under the radar. So, Dark Waters with Mark Ruffalo. Man, this is a great one. Absolutely. If this came out last this year, it'd be contending for Best Picture right now. Definitely. Definitely. KJ, what about you? Yes, sir. So, I'm still doing my Marvel watch through movie-wise, and I'm going to have to go to something old um, for television Grey's Anatomy. Um, Yes, sir, KJ. Highly recommend. Should they have stopped maybe six or seven seasons ago? (laughs) Debatable. Um, (laughs) Not take away from the fact that I still turn this show on and it's still a great show. So Our our kids will be watching this show. Oh, no doubt in my mind. (laughs) They're going to watch that. Our kids will be watching this show. Unbelievable. All right. So that's been what's good from everybody. We got... (laughs) Cobra Kai and Patterson. Uh, I'm sorry, I almost said Desperate Housewives. What? <laughs> Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. <laughs> disrespect Grey's. Come on now. <laughs> oh God. Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Nick Monsters Inc. Uh, Greenland and Dark Waters. Fantastic recommendations, guys. I hope you get a chance to check those out. And Desperate Housewives, apparently. And apparently Desperate Housewives, too. You can throw that in there. Yeah.
so that's been what's good from us at Film Code. And let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves no, a treat. We are talking movie experiences. Uh, we. We are still in a period of shutdown when it comes to uh, movie theaters, but some of us, especially in Ohio, our movie theaters are mostly open. Uh, so we wanted to talk what are some of our best and worst theater experiences. Uh, I'm really excited to, to start this conversation. So Nick, uh, why don't you kick us off? We'll start with your, let's do two each. So uh, one of your best, movie theater experiences well i mean i think it's it's pretty obvious um a best and that's avengers endgame on opening night mm. um you know nathan has has talked about this and we've mentioned it a bunch of times on this show but just going to see an opening night film especially for one of the biggest movies to ever come out the top grossing film of all time so far um it's just a fantastic experience to be able to to go see a movie on opening night, to be surrounded by people who enjoy and love the same things that you do. Um, thank God I don't have like those yellers in the in the movie <laughs> theaters, like some videos that you see on Twitter, because I think I'd slap a bitch if somebody was yelling that loud in my theater. Uh, so yeah, I mean that that just a fantastic movie. Absolutely, Brandon. What about you? I'm going to have to follow up in suit and say Avengers Endgame. Um, our movie was at like, our movie started at six. I think I hopped in line at like one o'clock and literally, so they they were playing Shazam and nobody was there watching it. So they're like, yeah, let's cut the film and just get the people inside. So we all got to, we all got to go inside the theater early and we just hung out and it was great. And then, about 30 minutes before the movie started, one of my friends, my friend Corey, worked. he worked at the theater, so he was able to get them to, like, pause the advertisements. He was, like, going over some, like, ground rules, like, don't get on your phone, don't do this, we've been waiting forever for this movie. And then he goes, like, who is ready to avenge the fallen? Yeah. Everybody goes nuts. Uh, nice. Movie! It was great. <laughs> that does sound awesome. That, and then, just, like, Throughout the film, we just had really great like theatrical reactions. Um, KJ, I'll have to send them to you after after we finish recording. But my God, the reactions that we had—it's it's like nothing will ever top that. There is no way in hell we'll ever get to that again. You know? Yeah, I agree. All right, KJ, what about hey, you? Man. I wish I could switch it up <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> but i just can't i mean that that literally tapped the list i saw it with nick and nathan and it was just a a great experience i mean that's probably one of the only movies that i've been in the theater like okay like it's okay to cry right now like everybody else is crying so like i could cry and i felt comfortable in that 
Um, and it, I usually don't feel comfortable just crying like that. So it was, it was definitely a great experience being able to be there opening night. The yes, the cheering and everybody feeling the same emotions at the same time because we've been through such a roller coaster um, with that franchise. So it was definitely um, one of my top experiences. Absolutely. Nathan, what about you? Is Nathan going to say something different? <laughs> Avengers Endgame would top, top the list 100%, but I don't want to be the fourth person in a row to say that. <laughs> so I will preface by it. saying, I will preface by saying that is my best theater experience ever, but I'm going to go with Little Women from, mm. from 2019. Um, I got this spoiled for me from my grandmother because we wanted to take her to see this movie. We bought tickets. That was her Christmas present. We were like, nice. Grandma, you're going you're gonna to come see Little Women with us. And she's like, oh, that's the one where Beth dies. And I was like, <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not know that. I did not know anything about Little Women other than it was a very popular book <laughs> adaptation. But I didn't know anything that happened in the story. So I was like, oh, great. So after knowing that, probably the biggest thing that happens in the movie, getting spoiled for me, um, and going with my grandmother, who is, um, you know, not quiet in the theater, I was not expecting to have a good time. But it was a packed house. It was awesome. It was a couple days after uh, the New Year's. So everyone was still in a, a cheery mood. And I just really enjoyed it. I really did. You know, Little Women, I think, is a movie that just really benefits from being on the big screen. Not because it has, I, I, not not for any particular reason. I mean, it's got beautiful colors. It's got great costume design. And, of course, the acting in it is fantastic with all the star power. So just getting the benefit of seeing it on the big screen with a packed theater full of people who obviously want to be there because they love the movie, love the story. That was one of my best theater experiences, more so because I was expecting it to be bad. Not the movie, the experience, because I was <laughs> with my grandmother. I had the movie spoiled. I was like, great. I'm not amped for this anymore. And yeah. it, it's just, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, too, would argue that, that uh, Avengers Endgame is definitely a top tier movie theater experience. But I'm going to go a different route as well. Um, I am going to go with Parasite, actually. Uh, seeing Parasite in the theaters was an interesting experience because I didn't know anything about this movie. I, uh, I like, I, I, the only reason I went to see it was because I'd heard the buzz about it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll check it out. Um, and I was an hour into the movie loving it and just was like, suddenly was like, what the hell is happening here? Like, I was just like, it's like, I don't understand, like, where's this movie going? And at, at that moment, they descend the stairs and then the, the, the climax of the movie actually occurs. And I'm like, oh, okay, now we're in crazy territory. But I dug the hell out of this movie. I think it's one of the few times where I actually like screamed at the screen in a movie theater like 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 i never do that you know you know those people who be like run motherfucker i'm like that was me like <laughs> i was like i was like oh shit i'm in a theater i was like i had to pull it back but like yeah that that constantly happened it was just such a fun experience it's one of those movies where i would go and watch it 
with a different audience every time just to get that first reaction from them once they see like hey where's this going and then it goes there it's like it's a magical experience so like for me parasite tops my list definitely one of the best movie experiences i've had uh so nick why don't you give us one of your worst <laughs> all right this is more of a uh, a funny bad than <laughs> actually bad right um so once upon a time in hollywood my favorite tarantino movie love this movie and but i gave it three stars the first time i watched it mm. so I I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, this look this looks good. It it doesn't look right up my alley like something I'd usually like, but you know it looks good. So I convince all my friends back home. Um, shout out to them. They don't listen, but you know, shout out to them <laughs> anyway. Um, so there's seven of us oh, wow. going to to see this movie, and we get in like the back row because those were the only like seven seats that that were left but the weird thing is is when we get up to where our seats are there's only six seats in a row not seven (laughs) because it's like the screening area is like you know the screening room is like blocking the you know the back row from each other so it's like split into two so we go through this like whole thing about like we have seven seats in a row and um there's only six like what are we supposed to do well of course i'm the odd man out um so i sit all the way on the other side of the theater with my friends and you know going to the theater is fun by yourself but it's different going with friends um and i was just totally separated and this was a movie that you're like wtf is going on the first time you see it if you don't know what you're you're watching so that was not fun but i think it's it's more of a funny bad than actually bad wow all right brandon what about you worst theater experience for me it's gonna be frozen too um (laughs) i i went to see it with my girlfriend the movie was tough with fine but like there were so many times where all these kids would not shut the fuck up (laughs) There were times where this this family tried sneaking into the movie. They were turning on their phone flashlights to try and find seats. Everyone was like telling them to turn the flash off so we can just keep watching the movie. It was just bad. Like it, it was just an unfun movie experience. Mike, I'm here to enjoy a movie. I spent I spent like a ton of mo- a ton of money with uh, me and my girlfriend. We're here to enjoy a movie. And, like, we, here we have people trying to sneak into a movie, turn on their phone flashlights, people being loud. So I, that's definitely my, my worst experience that I've had at a movie theater. Oh, that sucks. KJ, what about you? Yeah, so mine is actually Spider-Man Homecoming. Really? Um, <laughs> I went to go see that with my, yeah. Went to go see that with my ex-girlfriend um, the Ooh. weekend that it came out. It wasn't opening weekend, uh, opening night, but it was the weekend of it. And there was this couple sitting right next to us. First, we had bad seats. We were in the, fir- the first row, so we know how that is. Neck was hurt already. Um, and then the couple next to us were fighting. They were having a disagreement about huh. something. Um, the guy eventually fell asleep during the movie so he was snoring so the wife was like hitting him hitting him so he wakes up and he's like 
why are you waking me up? Like, I hate this movie, blah, 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 blah. I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> and she's like, no, wake up. Like, people are getting mad because you're snoring. And he's like, you see, this is why, this is why I know my mom doesn't like you because you're a bitch. And oh my we God. always turn and look. Like, <laughs> what oh is going God. on? Right? So all of this is going on. And eventually, you know, the staff comes and they're like, either you'll have to quiet down or you're all going to have to leave. And eventually they're like, oh, we're going to quiet down. But then dude goes back to sleep and he snores for the rest of the movie. So that is how I saw Spider-Man coming for the first time. My God, I'm sorry, bro. That sounds awful. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, it was bad. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what is one I, of your... I, I, was that? Oh, I was about to say, I've had... I've had the same front row experience. I wouldn't say people fighting, but I, I had a front row experience of Thor Ragnarok for the first time. Ugh. It was bad. I, I, <laughs> I did like my neck. It, it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> so I uh, Thank Nathan, God for reserve seating. Right. Nathan, what about you? All right. I have a very similar experience with KJ. Um, even though these are not the same movie, we were not together. Um, my by far worst experience with Spider-Man was Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm. And I have said this on this show before. I have talked Nick's ear off about it. Um, but I'm going to say it again. Here, let me uh, unplug so I don't so, hear it again. So I love, I love opening night movies, right? Everyone that's there is as excited as you are about the movie. Spider-Man Far From Home, obviously the first MCU movie post-Endgame. I saw this with my little brother and I wanted the opening night movie. And this came out in the summer of 2019 and I was working an internship that required a lot of hours. So they moved up the date from July 4th to July 1st. And I had that one day to see the movie or else I couldn't see it for like a week. So I was like, I got to see it. Well, they don't do opening night movies around my area where I live with my parents. So it was a true opening night movie if I drove a half hour at midnight. The movie started at midnight, and it was a half hour away in a not-so-great area. So I was a little concerned about that because it's a not-great area. Um, but we got in the theater. It was, it was fine, right? So we're sitting there, and this couple is next to me, like KJ had mentioned, only this couple was a little bit different in their actions um the uh, guy was sitting next to me the guy was sitting next to me and the girl was sitting next to him so two two away from me and she was on the end right and this girl would not stop giving her thoughts on everything during the movie <laughs> right not talking she wasn't necessarily talking through the movie but she's one of those people that if she thought it she spoke it mm. This was literally how it was going from the opening title sequence to the end of the movie. Oh, he cute. <laughs> what you looking at, Tom? Tom, where you going? Where you going? <laughs> oh, baby, you can't be doing that. Damn, Mysterio kind of cute. <laughs> what you doing? No, boy, you can't be doing that. The, like, like with two seconds in between. <laughs> it, it wasn't like that once every five minutes. It was the whole movie. And what am I going to say? I can't say to the guy, can you please tell her to be quiet? <laughs> I can't do that. That I don't care who you are. I can't do that. 
So I don't know what I, I don't, I, I kind of just let her keep going. So <laughs> she was doing it the whole time. And he even, he got annoyed too. So he was like, baby, you got quiet dad. And like, she kept doing it. It was, it was so obnoxious. Oh my God. It was literally Tom, what you looking at? <laughs> oh damn. Turn around boy. Like, Oh my God. Okay. So not only that, right. So a couple rows in front of me. A mother brought her like three or two year old daughter to the theater with her. Mind you, this is a midnight movie. And she got bored. So the daughter started crying and climbing on top of her mother. Um, so then the mom was pretty disengaged with the movie as well. So she starts taking selfies oh with God. the daughter <laughs> on her AMC reclined seat. Now, if you're paying attention, we are in a dark theater. So she had to take these selfies with the flash on. So she's in front of me. So I'm trying to watch this movie. I got this girl yapping next to me. And this mom is taking selfies with the flash on in front of me. And she took like six. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Um, I kind of despise spider-man far from home <laughs> because it definitely has its issues as a movie but this theater experience is just too traumatic for me that it was it was so so it's horrific i have nightmares about it wow did you see the movie in cleveland yes where um i need to i need to look give me a minute I'll, <laughs> I, I just wanted to compare because <laughs> i drove all the way to cleveland to go see my spider-man movie. So i was just I was just trying to see if it was. You saw it at the same theater. <laughs> give me, give me a second. Give me a second, and I'll look. All right, man. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Nathan. I, I kind of, I'm kind of with Nathan on driving to a theater you don't know. Um, for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, I knew about the July 1st release, so I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll bite. So, um, I uh, after work one night. I like literally I was putting up stuff from the truck and um I literally I'm like uh what theater near me has showtimes and there was one like all the way ha- all the way across town farther away from my house but it was like a 20 minute drive from work so I'm like oh, I'll go ahead and do it it was a 1 a.m. showing IMAX so I went mm-hmm. ahead and did it there wasn't there wasn't many people in my sh- in my theater but um like I will say I gave I give AMC more credit now because the the AMC near me sucks, so but I give AMC more credit because that one was really nice, and uh, I don't think I made it home till like five a.m. that night. Wow, yeah, yeah. So um, Phoenix, I'm I, I gotta cut you off real quick one yeah. second because I got I got the theater. <laughs> KJ, it was um, AMC Ridge Park Square Eight in Brooklyn. No. That's my theater. Is it? That's yeah. your theater? That okay. The no way. That's my All right. Well, um, at that, on July 1st, 2019 at midnight, your theater was was awful. Okay. Hopefully, it's not like that every time you see a movie. No. But that's... my experience was awful there. Oh, that's my theater, bro. That's the, that's the go-to theater. That's uh. funny. Well, I'm glad you get lucky there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not the one you went to, KJ. I was in Parma. So that's the one in Parma. You know, I live about 35 minutes from Cleveland. So I'm in a place where I don't even know. 
Right. So I'm out there. My ex-girlfriend live over there. I'm like, oh, you know, I work in Westlake by Nathan. So I drive out to Parma because I'm halfway in between. And she takes me to some theater. I don't even know where I was at, but I know she lived in Parma. And we didn't drive very far. So I'm just going to call it the Parma AMC yeah. Theater. That's, that's theater the same one. Are. Yeah, that's the one. That's the same not, one. That's the same one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Look at that. That's, That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah, we can all meet again. up there sometime. <laughs> let's yeah, go here, I'll, let's, I'll drive the nine hours for you guys. Let's go right. see News of the World there, guys. Oh, God, no. I <laughs> already saw it. It's okay. Don't need to do it. I say, we, I, say, I say we rent out a theater and just play Parasite or something. Yeah, that sounds like a better yeah, idea. That's I like or Die Hard. Die Hard. Why would we play an overrated movie? Uh, don't, don't lie to yourselves. All right, so... Uh, one of my worst theater experiences is partially my fault. Um, so there are three theaters that I go to. There's the AMC in Parma. Uh, there's the Cinemark in Valley View. And there's the other AMC out in Westlake, somewhere around there. Um, and so for whatever reason, I decided to go see Onward at the Westlake AMC. Uh, I don't know. I'd never been to this AMC before. I guess it was just because of the time that it was showing that I decided to, to go to this one. But uh, that day, a uh, torrential rainstorm, like thunderstorm, hit that day. And uh, I had never been to the theater, so I didn't know exactly where it was at. The bus that I was on uh, drops you off like about a mile before the theater. So I'm walking around like Westlake looking for a theater in the middle of a torrential rainstorm, no umbrella, no coat, just getting drenched. And finally I figure out that it's, you know, a mile ahead. I have to keep walking in the rain. And by the time I finally make it to the theater, I'm drenched. And my cell phone is completely broken. It got water damage, so it doesn't work anymore. And I do all of that to go see a movie that actually wasn't all that good. <laughs> like, so you can imagine my disappointment where I'm drenched, soaking wet, phone is broken, and I don't have a way home because my, my bus ticket is on my phone. And I went and saw a movie that wasn't all that great. So. It wasn't even the theater itself. It was everything that involved getting to the theater and the movie sucked. So for me, Onward was definitely one of my worst theater experiences. And I was trapped in Westlake for about, till about four o'clock oh, in the morning, well, so. Well, not only that, the knock on sucked door. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Nick, we'll go back to the best. What's one of your best theater experiences? Another one of your best. I think I'm gonna have to combine the two of these together. <laughs> um, you know, there's always those movies that you're like, wow, I wish I could have seen that in theaters, whether it be just an older movie or just a movie that, you know, you've seen that you're like, wow, like never got the chance to see that in the theater. And that was uh, this year, obviously, you know, no new movies coming out. Movie theaters were open. They had to find things to show. And I got to see Inception and Empire Strikes Back, um, two fantastic movies. Um, Inception is probably top 10 movie for me. And, you know, the experience of watching that 
on your laptop or uh, TV versus in the theater is just totally different. The sound, Nathan and I were in this theater by ourselves. So we could literally like move around the whole entire movie be like, oh, what's this seat like? Oh, what is this seat like? Oh, let's see what it would look like from the first row. <laughs> so we could just screw around. It was so much fun um, because we had already seen the movie before. And of course, Empire Strikes Back, you know, came out before I was born. So there was no chance that I could see that in the theater. Um, so that was just another, oh, a blast to see that in the movie theater. I think we weren't by ourselves, so we couldn't move around and talk aloud, but it was a lot of fun anyway. Brandon, what about you? Hmm. Um, I will have to say the movie Us is another great theater experience. Yes. The crowd is what made that for sure. Um, everyone was loud. Everyone was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to edit some reactions to show you guys because, like, it, it was fun. It was a fun time. But um, th there's not much else I can say on that, but it was just a fun time. Nice. All right, KJ, what about you? I'm going to have to go with um, two movies here because it's a very similar situation. Uh, the movie 42 and then Selma. I went mm. and saw both of those movies with my parents, my little brother, my grandma, and then my great aunt and uncle. Um, so them coming from moving up here from Alabama, Louisiana, you know, in the sixties, seventies, they saw all of this like firsthand. And now I'm seeing it on a movie screen. Um, and them just being able to tell me like exactly what these things were like in person. Um, this is also when I learned that my grandma, well, during the movie Selma, I learned that my grandma was in one of Martin Luther King's, Dr. Martin Luther King's marches, and I met Dr. Martin Luther King when she was a little girl. It was, like, so crazy, like, all those stories I was able to hear and see how impactful these two movies were. Um, those are definitely some of the best theater experiences I've had. Nice. Nathan. Yeah, I, I'm going to talk about a movie that, if you're a frequent listener to this show, you've, again heard me talk about this before and nick is afk so he can't back me up on this but um we went to go see a star is born nice. and that's a movie that i am a vehement defender of so i like this movie a lot this actually is the reason i fell in love with movies and i'm not ashamed to say it um we listened to i was randomly listening to spotify one day and one of the songs played and i was like wow this song's really good so i played it for nick played it with our friends we were like, wow, this soundtrack's incredible. So the soundtrack hooked us into going to see the movie. We went to see the movie, didn't know anything about A Star is Born, didn't know it was a fourth remake, didn't know that, you know, the main character historically does the thing. Um, and it took us on such an emotional roller coaster, seeing it in theaters with the great theater surround sound, seeing it on the big screen, and of course, seeing what actually unfolds in that third act. Man, we were balling. It was incredible three times um, three, three times, times. balling in the theater yep it, it was it was just such a great experience and this is what made me love movies the reason that i personally am sitting here today doing this with you guys my love for movies um it started with with the star is born so gotta shout out that theater experience absolutely uh I was gonna say definitely definitely agree with that one 
uh, I was just looking at my 2020 and 2019 lists. So low-key slipped my mind, but definitely probably would be would be second instead of the, the rewatches. So good on you, Nathan, for remembering that one. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, so for me, it's sort of a tie. And uh, this is probably be like, it's strange because I know we all started with uh, Endgame, which was like, you know, this very communal experience. But some of my favorite movie experiences happened when I was alone in the theater. I don't know why. It's just something about having all of those empty seats and being able to run around and, and have a ball by myself. So um, for me, it's a two-way tie and that's Frozen 2, uh, absolutely, and Straight Outta Compton. Uh, both movies I saw in the theater completely by myself. Straight Outta Compton I saw in a, in a regional theater, so it wasn't even like a major chain and uh it's completely empty i was charging my phone i was running around like they had like a stage because i guess they do plays there as well so like it was just super cool just to be in this sort of like a more like an auditorium than a theater uh and just watching this movie and, and getting to you know just hang out by myself and both movies have musical soundtracks so i was singing songs you know, loud as hell because I was the only person in there. So, you know, it was cool. I, I was running around in the AMC singing In and the Unknown when <laughs> watching Frozen 2. It was the best. It was it was absolutely the best. So those those for me are the most memorable uh, movie theater experiences I've had. All right. So we're Damn, gonna... I can I can only imagine hearing Phoenix just yell straight out of Compton. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that song's hella lit. <laughs> Get me going. Oh yeah. Okay. You ever? You guys ever seen that clip of that guy? Like the the kids like eating cereal, and the dad just starts that the the song that the, the dad loves comes on. He's like, hey, hey, and he slaps the, the bowl of cereal out of his, <laughs> the son's hand. As he's eating. <laughs> I can imagine Phoenix doing that with Into the Unknown. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I will go ham with uh, anything from the Frozen Two soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> Nick, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up with the worst. So, Nick, what is your final worst theater experience? Yeah, so I have a couple of honorable mentions. Obviously, <laughs> whenever you go see a, sh a shit movie in the theater, it kind of uh, sucks. So I'll I'll throw in Bad Astra. Um, <laughs> I'll throw in Bad Astra. Bad Astra. Sad Astra. <laughs> Birds of Prey, KJ knows how it be with that. Um, Nathan and I were together for another honorable mention. That's The Lighthouse. It was, um, I hate this movie anyway. Oh, but um, this we saw this movie in a really weird theater. Um, we saw it at and KJ knows where it is, it's the Athena, um, in, in like uptown uh -huh. Athens. And the theater that we saw, it was like a classroom. It was super skinny. And the Nathan could maybe like better describe it, but like the screen was like sparkly for some reason. Like, I don't know if that's the right word. But I mean, Nathan might I'll, have uh, like better verbiage. We'll, we'll, we'll put in the reliever for you here on this one. Um, no, so Nick's absolutely right. Without, without hijacking his statement, I'll just clarify it a little more. Um, where we go to college, it's just it's just a quaint little theater in our uptown. 
um, yeah. small, small run family owned. And there's a few theaters in it and it's unlike any theater you're thinking of like the grand AMCs or the Regals or anything like that. It is like a classroom. Nick's absolutely right in saying that it's not very deep and the seats don't rise. So they're all on the same level. Oh, no. So if you're a guy who's like, I love sitting in the front and looking up a little bit, not where you strain your neck, but, or if you're someone who is um, like, I like to sit in the back, that doesn't matter. Thankfully we didn't have any tall people in front of us. Um, but we were low key. Like, can we even put our feet up on the seat because the people behind us might be pissed. Not only that, Nick's right. The theater was, it's almost like, you know, when sometimes you wipe off your phone screen or your computer screen and you really can tell it's a little wet a little bit, right? You can tell you just cleaned it. That's kind of how it looked like. And especially with a movie like a movie like the lighthouse where it's black and white and there's so much just light gray in the movie. You could really tell four by three. You could really tell like something was going on, especially the light gray sky. It was odd. It was odd. Um, Also the popcorn was very bad. So, (laughs) and um, (laughs) coming back in to relieve my own, my own honorable mentions. Take it away. It was a like subtitle night. And like, (laughs) thank God it was because like, they talk like this, eh? And like, yeah, just... well, Willem Dafoe in this movie's like, he's great. Willem Dafoe's great. That's exactly how it is. Also, shout out uh, Black Panther, a fantastic movie. But we literally were like third or second row, we got there super late. We were third or second row on the end. We were like, I do want to say, I, w- I was preparing to talk about three good, uh good sequences and black panther was my third one because everyone was just so hyped and amped for it the theater was full you're right we had to split up our party and we were in the front off to the side so not only were we like we were like (laughs) the whole the whole movie it was it was so much fun it was also hilarious because that was like the first time that i had met nathan's girlfriend and her mom and just the way that we like shuffled into the theater, I was like smack dab in between the two of them. So I was like, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> so uh, that that's funny to to look back on. But Nathan can can back me up on this. This movie heavily underrated and hated on for no reason at all. It has a uh, let's see, pulling it up. It has a three one on Letterbox, which is just criminal, um, and that's Bombshell. So Nathan and I saw this. When did we see this? (laughs) Like one of the first weeks of We saw this January 17th. So um, today's what? The 10th? So this actually falls in between me seeing 1917 and Just Mercy. Um, Rip to those two movies and the theater experience. But so Nathan and I, and again, Nathan will will probably have to come in and and tell some of the parts of the story because I kind of forget about some of them. Um, But this theater was just a shit show like first of all like the movie started and Nathan was like does it seem quiet to you and I was like yeah definitely and he's like I'm gonna go tell somebody it's quiet (laughs) so he gets up and like misses like two minutes of the first like five and it eventually like turns up but just like just barely and I think we're one of like 20 people in this movie and it's literally like, oh, somebody like 
needs to go get popcorn, so they get up and leave. And then they somebody's on the phone gets up from like the first row on a phone call and is like yelling at the top of their lungs on the phone and walks out of the theater. And like there were so many other disruptions in this movie. It was just a complete shit show of a movie experience. The movie's fantastic. Um, it didn't take away from, from the movie at all, but just there were so many distractions. Nathan can probably remember other specific ones, but it was just a complete shit show. No, you, you hit it on the head. <laughs> Brandon, what about you, man? My other worst theater experience would have to be Dunkirk. Um, I really enjoyed the film, but... Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, but, um, so the thing with seeing Dunkirk was, um, we, we were seeing it late at night and it was just me and a group of friends. My friend just got home from the Navy. So we were all just hanging out and there was this couple in the very, very far back, just like taking Snapchat pictures of the movie with a flash on. They were making out like being loud. I'm like, all right. Uh, so we literally said something and we're like, Hey, Please be quiet. And they told us to go eat it. So uh, we uh, we went and told the manager. Manager came up and told him like, "Hey, if you, you if you guys don't like settle down, we're gonna have to kick you out." They're like, "All right." So they they just kept going for another twenty minutes, and then they ended up just leaving about halfway through the film. Wow. <laughs> yep. So that hey, that is that definitely another wor- a, worst. A completely shit movie. Oh. Um, no, I, I didn't hear anything. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear a word. I didn't hear a word that just came out of your mouth, Nathan. And I don't intend to rehear whoa, that. Whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I didn't say anything. That's not me. Whoa! Oh, wait, that was, was that? Oh, that was Nick. Sorry. No, Nick, that's okay. Nick, I didn't hear a uh, word that just came out of your mouth. When Nathan and I uh, cheer during Bills games, and more like yell during Bills games in our apartment, our roommate from the third floor is like. I couldn't tell which is Nick and which is Nathan, so you're good. <laughs> KJ, what about you? Yes, sir. So, well, actually, before I get to my movie, Nick and Nathan, just wanted to let you know that that movie theater is also a classroom. Like, so y'all did see a movie in a the classroom. There you go. It actually <laughs> I knew it. In the movie theater, which I just Woo. find crazy and weird. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but Sweet. my... I guess bad would be Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. So this is 2009, oh. nine years old. Holy shit. My wow. uncle comes from Manhattan. My mom's from New York. So he comes, he spends like a week with us or whatever. We go out to dinner beforehand. I can't remember what exactly we had to eat, but it didn't sit right with somebody. Oh. Um, <laughs> so we're sitting in That's- the movie. Was that somebody you or not? <laughs> no, that somebody was not me. I just oh, okay, had to okay. experience what was going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just got all the, like, the nostril vibes. Yeah, so, you know, we're sitting here and we're watching a movie. You know, I'm all happy. You know, Transformers, I'm nine years old. I love those movies. Um, and there are these college students. I live in a college town, Oakland College. So there's these college students sitting in front. They're talking. They're laughing and stuff. So we're like, okay, like, what's going on? Because we're starting to smell stuff. So we're like, okay, oh are they like farting and laughing about it? 
So like we're all like looking at each other. My mom, my uncle are like talking to each other, like these kids, these damn kids, what they doing, blah, 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 blah. You know, so the whole movie, the movie's like two and a half hours long, long movie. The whole time just smelling shit. <laughs> Great shit. So we get out the movie and we're like talking about it. Like that was horrible. I don't know why these college students are doing this, this and that. My mom's like going off. Like they they need to take their stank asses to the bathroom. They smell like that. <laughs> so you know they going yeah. off, right? So then my uncle turns and looks at us. And he's like, "Yeah, Donna, that wasn't them. That was me." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so this whole time the movie was horrible because I'm sitting here smelling my uncle literally almost shit himself. <laughs> And then the whole time we're thinking that it's these college students, but it was him. So oh, wow. they were just laughing at it though. Experience. It's hilarious. And <laughs> to this day, we still tell that story. That's hilarious. So they had as bad an experience as you guys did. Yeah. Yeah. So the only one that probably was fine was my uncle. That, oh. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't smell your own. That's for sure. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, hey, hey, in the mask days, these that would be that you'd be fine. Yeah, Just put your mask on and you'd be uh -huh. all good. Nice. Oh my goodness! All right, well, back at my AMC, which happens to be the the one that Phoenix walked to in the rain. Um, <laughs> um, so I saw Knives Out, and I we all know how I feel about that movie, but this is not about the movie. I swear. This is I swear this is not about the movie itself. This is about the experience. Um, we Phoenix sat down, <laughs> full theater, opening night, full theater, opening night. And I want to talk about a movie that Nick had previously talked about, Bombshell, a movie that we obviously know we, we like. Uh, they played the Bombshell. For, first of all, I want to say, Nick and I don't watch trailers. Okay, okay, that's enough. Um, <laughs> Nick and I don't watch trailers. But when you're in the theater, sometimes you're you're forced to watch trailers. And the bombshell trailer is awful. Like <laughs> we like the Nick and I like the movie, but the bombshell trailer sucks. It, it, it like it makes the movie look like trash. So we are in the theater for knives out on opening night, full theater, and you know, they play eight or nine previews before before um the movie, and at the eighth preview, they play the bombshell trailer. Now you might be thinking, why is this such a bad experience that they played a trailer what they're supposed to do? Well, by the time the bombshell, bombshell trailer wrapped up, it played again. <laughs> it played two times in a row before Knives Out. And then it played a third time. <laughs> it played three straight times <laughs> before the movie started playing. And then when the movie was supposed to start playing, it did not play. It started playing a different movie that was in theaters at that time. I don't remember what it was. It was some horror movie. I don't think it was Annabelle. It, it might have been. It, it might have been stories I tell in the dark or something. I don't. I don't even remember. But it was playing some horror movie. And the first, after three straight bombshell previews. <laughs> by the way, at, during the middle of the third preview, everyone was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Like people were screaming at the screen. <laughs> so, and then we get like scary stories to tell in the dark, come on, or some shit like that. So someone told the manager, then they then knives out eventually played. So 
Um, that was my experience with watching the bombshell trailer three straight times and then the wrong movie. Oh, wow. But um, that was an honorable mention, actually. <laughs> I, I have to look like, you know, I, I can't come on the show um, each week and not not just absolutely beat the shit out of this movie. It's it's tenant. It's got to be tenant. Um, everyone talks about how poor the sound was. Yeah. It's real. That's a real complaint. <laughs> like in theaters across the world, people are complaining about this. We couldn't hear anything, anything. And for a movie that is so inherently confusing for no reason, not being able to hear the little dialogue they're explaining, it sucks. It makes it much worse. And and that, like, like I said, that has nothing to do with the movie. It has everything to do with, well, it does have to do with the movie. Like their sound mixing was awful. So that they fixed it. They fixed it for the at-home release. Well, I too bad I won't be watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. That's hilarious. All right, uh, for me, I'm actually taking this back to a movie I saw all the way in high school. Um, God, I, which was the first Daniel Craig Bond movie? Which one was that? Was that Casino Royale? I think Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Whichever I could one, be wrong. Yeah, whichever one was the first one that he did. Um, so me and my me and my friend at the time, we went and saw this in theaters. And we're not big James Bond fans. Like we hadn't seen any of the previous movies. Uh, so, you know, and we didn't really care for Daniel Craig as Bond either. So we were watching a movie and like the first Bond movie, I will say is not great like daniel craig's first bond movie is not great but i like he eventually grew into the role i think he's doing a fantastic job but that first one huh, yikes it's not great so already we're like underwhelmed with the movie and then in the middle of the movie somebody runs in and throws like a slushy up onto the ceiling and it like sticks to the ceiling and drips down onto the people who are watching the movie. So like instantly pissed. Like we like ran out, chased them the whole nine. We like, you know what I'm saying? So just pissed off. We told the manager, they're like trying to clean it up. And then we go back to watching the movie and the movie gets worse. So like me and my friend are laughing at the movie. We're not enjoying it at all. And then someone leaves and they go and tell the manager that we're disrupting the movie and that we were the ones who threw the slushy on the ceiling. I'm like, hey, hell no, bro. Like, so we get escorted out. We have to, we're arguing at the, the front desk. I'm like, no, we didn't do that. I'm like, I want my money back because like you kicked me out of a movie that I didn't like, that was shitty anyway, and I'm being blamed for something I didn't do. Like, argued, like, it's like midnight. I'm yelling at like the desk clerk, like you're giving me my money back. Like no matter what, no matter what's happening, you're giving me my money back. We had to be escorted out by police. <laughs> I did not get my refund. And to this day, they still think we threw the slushy up on <laughs> the ceiling. So we are no longer allowed at that theater. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's gonna top my worst theater experiences of all time which is crazy because I actually worked at a theater, which is a whole nother animal in itself. So, 
That was awesome, guys. That was a lot of really interesting, fun stories. I'm glad we got to share them. Uh, we have to hurry up and do film code. So. I believe it was Nathan's. Nathan has an insurmountable lead right now <laughs> with eight wins. The closest one to him is Nick with five. I have three. Brandon with two. And KJ still yet to get on the board. So, Nathan, man, did you uh, send uh, KJ the, the code word? Oh, yeah. Show? I did. He, nope. He, he's had days for it. So, <laughs> no excuses this time. All we'll right. see what I can do. We'll see. All, All right. right. Um, Nathan. Because Nick has the lead um, of the four of you, he's going to go last because that's the way it should work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go backwards in terms of points. But just to remind everybody, my code word was Journey. It's a movie from 2000 to 2010. The lead is an iconic actor, and this is not an opinion. Everyone agrees that this person is iconic. Uh, my third clue was that two supporting cast members – are both integral figures in the same movie franchise. And then as a bonus, because I felt like those might have been a little vague, um, clue number four was Family Guy. That's it. Nothing about Family Guy, just Family Guy. Um, And that was my code word. So with all that being said, KJ, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? And how did you arrive at uh, that guess? All righty. Well, I don't necessarily feel, I feel decently confident. Um, with the clues, 2007, we have Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. That is Batman. Jack Nicholson was the Joker and 1989's Batman. Morgan Freeman was Fox in the Batman trilogy. And then for Family Guy, they um, do a lot of narration with Morgan Freeman's voice. Therefore, the movie that both of them play in is The Bucket List. They go on a road trip. They're close to death. And that is a journey. The journey is the road trip. So I have 2007's The Bucket List for you. What's What's really funny, KJ, is I've actually picked that movie before for my code word. <laughs> well, how was I supposed to know that? That's unfair. That's good. <laughs> You're supposed to listen. Yeah, supposed to know that. Research like, before you go on. <laughs> like, I picked that exact movie <laughs> for my clone word like a month ago. Yep. This doesn't even. Hey, hey, hey. So I, now I, I'm stuck at a big fat zero again. For I think it's week. a good guess. I think it's a good guess. I appreciate <laughs> you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> hey, thanks for playing. All right, Brandon, what do you think? How that did you arrive? That was your pick, too? I thought you were with us Jack when Nicholson, I Nicholson, Morgan Freeman. I thought you were with us when I said that bucket list was mine. I, I I don't think I was. I don't think I was there for that one. All right, all right. So, um, no, I did not pick the same code word twice. <laughs> code movie twice. Damn it! All right, yeah, that's a good egg. pick, Brandon. I appreciate your pick. It was a good one. We did some great research. <laughs> I appreciate exactly, you guys with your research. All right, two hundred twenty-seven movies. <laughs> Just to be told it's wrong. <laughs> Welcome to Film Code. There you go. All right, Slow Drag, what do you think over there? Oh, man. So I was really hoping to uh, 
<laughs> bounce off of one of these guys' answers. So <laughs> kind of disappointed that they didn't give me anything. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so the whole point of you going like last or next to last was so you didn't bounce off. Of I know, it. right? I know, right? But I unfortunately failed to actually research this one. Oh my god, this is like the third week in a row that you don't even I'm research so mine. I'm so sorry. I'm so it, sorry. It's 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 when it's Nick's, when it's Brandon's. <laughs> you're like, I spent hours on this. <laughs> when it's my turn, you're out here like. Oh, I didn't even try. I'm, I'm sorry. I was I was very busy this week. So the only movie I have that even comes close to it, and I doubt you would even pick this because it stars someone that you absolutely do not enjoy watching. So I'm going with 2009's Funny People. It stars uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Adam Sandler. So I'm not sure how it ties into Family Guy. I think it also stars uh, what is her name? Uh, Jesus. Well, Seth wrote or no? Uh, no, Rogen, Leslie right? Mann um, and jo- Jonah Hill, Jason Schwartzman. I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but that's the that's the closest I could come uh, in my research. So All right, Nick, Nick, please, I, Nick, please tell me you have a legitimate answer, a legitimate <laughs> I don't. guess. I don't what is I with no you people? What is with you people? This is no fun when it's it's no fun when it's my turn and no one actually guesses. I mean, <laughs> come on. At least KJ Maybe made you a just real make attempt. the clues too hard. Like What are you talking about? My one my no one last way. time was so easy. Little Miss Sunshine was so easy and none of you even guessed. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, you don't um, have a guess at all, Nick? No, I don't. You guys are crazy. All right, hold on. I have the perfect sound effect for Nathan before he re- announces the answer. So let me know when you want me to play it. Sure. Go ahead. Well, KJ, thank you for giving a real guess. Um, I'd like to give KJ an honorary point for at least making an effort. Um, <laughs> <I would> appreciate it. <laughs> all right. So my movie came out in 2010. It stars the iconic Denzel Washington. Um, The family guy aspect comes from Mila Kunis, who voices Meg. And then the um, two characters that are integral figures of a movie franchise are Gary Oldman and Michael Gambon from the Harry Potter franchise. That movie is The Book of Eli. Um, This is a movie that I've been wanting to watch because of its great cast. Can't believe nobody even really made an attempt other than kj disappointing man i i I, kind of want to stop i kind of want to stop creating clues if no one's gonna guess sir i will have you know i will have you know i actually did my research for like three hours yesterday three hours i don't think no way man i've got nothing else going on oh man i'm mad too because i've actually actually the, the only research i did do was um look up like the people who were in family guy and milo kunis was person that i looked up but i was like nah it's not ted nah it's not black swan i don't know any of these other movies all right we'll just move on <laughs> i figured it I, I figured it wouldn't be Mila kunis only because that seems too obvious but yeah uh, and i've actually seen the book of eli it's like it's a really good movie so i'm mad that i didn't get that so yeah kudos Maybe Strong. it was the journey. Maybe if you said book, then it would, would be That's easier. so obvious. 
I'm not going to serve it up on a silver plate to you. That's Maybe then you'd actually look, though. I know, right? So, great job. Unfortunately, Nathan still holds the lead. We're back in the slump again where no one cracks it for <laughs> for two weeks straight. Uh, I believe it is Brandon's well, turn, though. Oh, it's perfect. Go where, yeah. I think we should give it to KJ. KJ hasn't done a, a no, I don't want it. I don't want to play no more. <laughs> no, no, KJ, you'd be doing the code word. You wouldn't get any points. No, anyway. I don't even want that. <laughs> I want a point. I don't get a point for picking the code word. I want to find it. I'm going to find it. I like, I like that energy, KJ. I like oh, it. Man. It's a winner's mentality. <laughs> All right. So, Brandon, do you have a code word? Or are we, we're going to have to expect no, that later? Not, you, get, we'll get it in a couple days. <laughs> All right. All right. On Saturday, we're going to get it. Right, right. All right. No, so, no, I, I'm quick at making these things. Let's do it. All right. So we got to get up out of here, guys. It's been a great show. Thank you so much for the, the extended cast that we had today. KJ, let everybody know where they can find you, man. Yes, sir. You all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kurt Jr. K-U-R-T-J-U-N-I-O-R underscore. Um, and then, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn. We're all businessmen and women out here just trying to build a <laughs> connection. So go ahead. Kurt Russell Jr., you'll find me. All right. And Brandon, where can everybody find you, sir? Yes, you can find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter and uh, Letterboxd. It's Fantasmic Ears. Tweet movies, tweet Star Wars and all that. I'm, I'm, I keep saying it every week, but I'm finally logging my films. So, yeah, just go check me out over there. Thank you guys again for watching. Absolutely. And Nick, let everybody know where you can find you, please. You can find me at Nick Spain on Letterboxd um, with me, Nathan, and KJ all being in the same town. Maybe we'll sit together and record an episode one time. We got to set this man, KJ, up with a letterbox so he can plug that. I made um, one last night because I was bored watching the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right, I, I was trying to figure out. I wanted to see if y'all <laughs> rated the movie already. So I was like trying to tap around and find. But I found Nathan and they didn't do it yet. So all I didn't. Right. All right. Well, we'll have to throw KJ a follow on Letterbox, but you can find me on Letterbox at Nick Spain. Um, watching uh, Stanley Kubrick came to a little standstill because uh, Barry Lyndon's three hours long. Don't really want to watch that, but watching through those, um, watching through Pixar. Nathan and I will get going on my 100 best movie poster. Um, so lots of things to look forward to on the Letterbox front. Absolutely agree. And uh, Nathan, where can everybody find you, sir? Find me on Letterboxd, at Nathan Pig. Like these guys said, got a lot of uh, important movies coming up. Can't wait to rate those. And you can see why they call me the CEO of Hot Takes. Um, also, haven't done it yet today because I always do it. Got to plug our Twitter. Follow us over on Twitter, at FilmCodePod. We do a ton of great stuff to interact with you guys, create movie discussions. You get ways to get shouted out on the show, have exclusive conversations with us. You're really missing out if you don't give us a follow over there on Twitter at Film Code Pod. Chances are we'll follow you back. So free follow. Um, not only that, but we're doing a, a ton of exclusive content coming out here sometime soon. This is a big time to be a listener of Film Code. Not only do we have these large ensemble episodes, but we're doing a slew of side episodes. Brandon and I did Mandalorian season two review. That's dropping soon. 
KJX, excuse me, that's already dropped. So however you listen to this, you can check that out. KJ and I did the DCEU movies ranked. However you listen to this, that's probably already out as well. Phoenix and I will be covering weekly reviews of WandaVision episodes. Get some MCU weekly content out there. Nick and I are going to be doing a director series, ranking Nolan movies, Fincher movies, Kubrick movies. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. So I'm excited to spend a little solo time with each one of these guys and just talk a lot more movies. So lots of great content. Make sure you're keeping up with us on whatever platform you're listening. Just want to thank you guys so much for, for listening and supporting Film Code. Absolutely. And my name is Phoenix Cloud, and you guys can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Clouden. Uh, and like Nathan said, please follow the show on Twitter at FilmCodePod. So we're going to get up out of here, guys. We will see you all next week. Best of luck to you guys. And we can't wait for our next episode of Film Code. Peace.